When it comes to spoiled pets, Gunther the Sixth takes the cake. As the story goes, when German Countess Livenstein died in the 90s, she left her vast fortune to her German Shepherd Gunther. A fortune that's worth over 500 million today. Gunther's trust includes several real estate assets, as well as a mansion Gunther lives in. Gunther comes from a line of wealthy dogs, and as ridiculous as this all sounds, this is actually for real. CBS Sports' Jessica Vallejo spoke to the listing agent of that home and has more detail. That's another piece of the Gunther news that you might have heard from CBS News or Entertainment Tonight. Gunther's doghouse is a mansion in Miami, which went up for sale last year. The mansion was owned by Madonna before she sold it to Gunther's caretakers in 2000. Which, if Gunther gets his asking price, stands to profit the German Shepherd $32 million. This German Shepherd named Gunther VI just listed his home, the former home of pop star Madonna, for $31.7 million. Then there's all the perks that come with being the world's wealthiest dog. Gunther dines on the finest caviar and steak. He flies on private jets to exotic resorts, owns yachts and collector cars. And according to the Times in the UK, he recently bought a rare white truffle at an auction for $1.1 million. CBS, ABC, Entertainment Tonight, NPR, and People have all published or aired stories about the investments and exploits of Gunther the dog. Oh, it's a true story. I work for the dog. There's also a rap album Gunther appeared on. In 1990, Gunther cut a record in vinyl called Wild Dog, which supposedly features Gunther's barks and growls in the track. The album, by the way, has only one song, re-recorded as three tracks, Wild Dog the Mixed Version, Wild Dog the Radio Version, and Wild Dog the Strong Version. But if you have an ounce of skeptic or a drop of cynic in you, you might already be asking yourself questions. How does a dog bid at a truffle auction without thumbs to hold up a little paddle? If the Countess has been dead 30 years, how is Gunther still alive? And if Gunther owns Madonna's mansion, does he sleep on Madonna's bed? Or does he have a dog bed in the master bedroom? From the perspective of the re-engineered you, here's the most important question. Why does the world want to believe in the myth of Gunther so badly? Because obviously, Gunther the dog is a myth. Sorry if you thought you were listening to a happy podcast. But Gunther is an elaborate prank put on by eccentric Italian millionaire Marziano Mayan. An eccentric millionaire who stumbled on a very human weakness. Cute, vulnerable animals. And how much we're willing to invest in them emotionally and financially. You're listening to The Reengineered You. This is a podcast about self-empowerment and all the myths lies, and misconceptions we tell ourselves. Then, we use science and history to bust those myths and re-engineer a better you. I'm your host, Todd Laments, the extrovert. And I'm the writer, researcher, and introvert, Joe Anthony, whose job it is to dig through the outer layer of no-duh on the internet. As a society, we're willing to pay vast sums to keep our animal companions happy, even while we're facing record wealth, inequality, and poverty. Counter to reason, spending on pets has skyrocketed faster than inflation should account for. According to the American Pet Products Association, Americans spend $125 billion on their pets each year, which works out to be about $1,480 annually for dog owners and around $900 for cat households. For that amount, a dog owner could buy an annual subscription to all major streaming platforms, including Netflix, Disney, Apple, Amazon, Hulu, and HBO. A cat owner could get the, most of those channels, but wouldn't be able to watch them because someone keeps stepping on the remote. We're literally paying more for our pets than we are for entertainment. 
which is a lot for the average American household. But it's not like Gunther money. So that's our question for today. Are we getting our money's worth? Do our furry friends give as much as they get? And to tackle this question, we have three myths. Myth one. How many of these news outlets actually fell for the Gunther lie? And what's the harm in repeating a little fun story about a rich dog? Myth two. What is it precisely that makes us want to put our pets on such a pedestal? Do they deserve worship? Are they even aware of our door? Myth three. If we wanted to hack the human mind to exploit our need for cute, fuzzy, big-eyed creatures, how could we do it? We're going to get into our myths. But first, I want to tell Joe about the real millionaire animals out there. Our numbers there, $900 for a cat uh, annually. That's, that's the average it's spent. Do you think you uh, do you think your cat Mia gets that? I spend more than that. I, we have three cats. We have a you know we're in Portland, Oregon, and we have a what do you call it? Um, a health food store for pets. It's like we call it. It's called Mud Bay. There, it's a corporate. There's a bunch of locations. So I think of it like um, it's not the stuff you get at Pet Smarter. That's pet like Co. yeah, that's it's like the Whole Foods. Of. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everything in there costs way more than people food. Uh, there's a, one of my, there's this guy I know. He's a motivational speaker and uh, really good. Um, and he said this quote, and it's one of his speeches, and, and, and it kills. He says, "Have you ever noticed that we tell somebody don't feed the dog that food that we're eating? It's not good for them. Right. <laughs> we're still willing to eat it. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I am about my cat. I read the ingredients on." Um, for my my cat's food, and I don't do that for my own food. <laughs> I'm eating like pop, like packing popcorns from McDonald's, and I'm I'm feeding <laughs> like you know my animal freeze dried rodents. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I first pitched the idea, uh, did you did you read this doc and and know right away that it was a fake story, or did you fall for it like everybody else did? Oh, I fell for it, the whole thing. I was even talking about it because I hadn't read through the whole thing. I, did, I was even already <laughs> sharing about it. <laughs> you know me. I should have known where I was going. I wasn't skeptical until you told me to be. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a simpleton. <laughs> I was watching. Okay, I was sitting down with um, my, um, basically my father-in-law and you know my my fiance, and we're watching Entertainment Tonight. And this special about Gunther the dog pops up, and it's, you know, world's wealthiest pets, and it's a $500 million dog. And they're sitting there, and they're like, isn't that something? And I'm just shaking my head, holding, you know, gripping the sides of my head with my hands, and I'm, I feel like a crazy person. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, there's this can't be true. And um, this is the first time, I think, that I've used any of my actual investigation skills from my PI license. And I, I have to say... This is the only time it's been worth using. Like it, it <laughs> yeah, catching criminals, not my thing. Uh, going after eccentric millionaires and and multi-million dollar dogs online, that is fun. Um, but we will we will get into uh, the eccentric man who who put this on because this story gets so much deeper. Like it was, it's one of those things where like you dig, you find out something is a ruse or a trick, but it's not any deeper than that like like the person who put it on is just like they're wealthy they think it's funny that's it no 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 this guy uh Maurizio man or Maurizio Mian it it gets so crazy with him <laughs> um but first I actually do want to like talk a little bit about our actual points today which is Todd's cats and how spoiled they are um or just or just rich pets in general um when you first saw Paris Hilton carrying her dog around in like a diamond studded purse and like treating a, a lap dog like it is royalty. Does that, some people see that as like cynical or, or wasteful. Do you, do you put that on the same level as your cats? Like, is that something where you like, it's justified? Uh, this is about my, let me, let me, let me go back and t take you down this trail with me. Oh, please. Um, my family my family is pretty rough around the edges. They all are. Um, but they, when it comes to animals, we are just 
animal lovers. You know, my sisters were always in 4-H. We always had a house full of um, dogs, birds, cats, gerbils, hamsters. We had chickens outside. You know, I worked on a farm as a kid. Um, so I've always just had a real, real attachment to just, just really, really liking animals. And what's funny to me is I think my family's far more generous and kind to animals than they are to people. It's not even close. It's not even debatable. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's and that's everybody in my family. And so it's we have some kind of hereditary gene and um some of the losses of animals in my life have been far worse than um than losses of actual people who I loved, who I cared for deeply. It's not like I didn't love these people. And a lot of times people say, well that's because they give you unconditional love. A lot of it to me I think is um, how vulnerable they are and how it gives us someone to take care of. Yeah. But when I was, uh, when I lived in Seattle for about six years, I volunteered at PetSmart doing, um, helping them do their adoption events. And I learned so much about people, Joe. Um, and so this is what happened. Let's say you and Rachel, your fiance, you have a little dog and I see you walking through the store and I have a similar dog. So I'd go up to you and say, hey guys, you know, it's, a, it's the same kind of Springer Spaniel that you have. Say, hey, we have Alice here. She's, you know, up for adoption. And you guys would say the exact same thing. You'd stop and say, absolutely not. We're not getting any more dogs. And then in about an hour later, you guys would come back. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd, you'd ask, is, is that puppy still here? And I saw that over and over. And then I would see, like, these big biker guys who would almost start to come to tears when it came to this kitten or this little chihuahua. They didn't care who was watching or anything. You know, they just they just have this deep love in them. So I know that experience. I've had it and I always feel like I'm a sucker. Like like what you say about loving pets more than people sometimes. Yeah. We we have a couple studies that we're going to get into that kind of like I've heard a lot of people say that and they say that like it's it's special to them like, "Oh, I'm I'm such a dog person. I love dogs more than people." our studies are going to blow your mind on how true that is for so many people. But do you feel like a sucker? Like when people come back, you know, and they, they say, is that dog still there? Is that like, I gotcha, you know, you rube, or is it like, yeah, no, this is, this is human. This is, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, to me, to me, it was just so funny. It was just so funny. It was uh, yeah. I mean, it's good because that's, I'm in the business of trying to get them adopted out, you know? So I do want someone to take them home and, I just think it's a perfect match because you know they take good care of their pet because they're taking their pet to the store with them. Yeah. <laughs> you have evidence on it right there, you know. And let's let's scale that up a bit. Let's say somebody adopts a pet from you know you're, they do a pet adoption on the fly like that. Are they a sucker? Well, let's let's go up from that. Is is the average American who is spending fourteen hundred dollars a year on their dog is that a sucker? I. I think you and I can pretty easily agree that's that's actually pretty okay. Like that's that's normal. What about a hundred thousand dollars a year? Then then you're being a, then you're just being eccentric. You're being a weirdo. Yeah, I think okay. you're being a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you this. I'll give you if you if you have the means. I'll give you if you have really good means. You know, if you're you're a high earner, you work hard, you're well educated. So you're gonna have your dog and the dog care and all that. I, I I'll say up to about two grand a, a month is okay. You know, if your puppy dog daycare and you, <laughs> you have your dog walker and you have your dog groomer, so I, I'll give you about twenty five to. What what's your tops? I I actually think if you have that much money and you can you can afford all those comfortably, I'd say twenty five hundred dollars a month is not that crazy. But like, we we quickly get into like insane territory like like where it's like okay you are a rube like like okay can we can we go from the list of actual wealthy pets because gunther is not wealthy gunther is fictitious but like there are dogs and cats out there that are like worth way more okay let me give you a few examples about that well i i heard this story and it just upset me this is this is so funny this is this is absolutely none of my business Okay, I heard this about the Kardashians. It doesn't get more famous or more American than them, right? Right. Um, that they get pets and then they don't take care of them and they just get rid of them when they're like they get them because they're cute and then the, the the staff takes care of them and then they just kind of throw them away. And that just broke my heart. I just thought that was terrible. 
and I don't know if it's true, but it sounded true to me, but I want to talk about some people, some famous people who don't think that. And, okay. Uh, I got a few examples. These are already very wealthy people, very famous people. But my first one is, uh, she just recently passed, is um, Betty White. You know Betty White, right? Oh, Golden yeah. Girls. Yeah, well, she has a dog named Pontiac. And Pontiac was, he's initially, he was a, he worked with guide dogs for the blind. And this was an organization that, that Betty White supported. You know, she's a real giving person. And she set aside in her will for Pontiac $5 million. <laughs> okay. Sadly, he didn't get to get the money because he passed away. <laughs> um, and then we have um, Oprah Winfrey, a woman who's just, uh, who's just synonymous with success and money, right? And she has a bunch of dogs. She's got Sadie, Sonny, Lauren, Layla, and Luke. And they have a net worth... Um, of $30 million. They're written into her will. <laughs> do you think we, do you think we could out, do you think we could ever make that much? So it's worth as much as Oprah's dogs. I, that is actually written in sort of like my, my goals journal is I journal about how I want to eventually reach the success of Oprah Winfrey's dogs. Now this one's my favorite one. I saved it for last. It's uh, America's sweetheart, country singer, pop singer, Taylor Swift. Um, so she's got two cats that she enjoys, and they have a net worth. Now, this is different. This is very different. She used her fame and fortune to promote her cats. So they have their own um, Instagram handle, and they get lots of commercial work. They're special kind of cats. So she's actually turned those into investment. Her cats have a net worth of $97 million. <laughs> so they're in music videos. They're in Diet Coke commercials. They did uh, an ad for Ked's Shoes. So these are like little, like, I guess you'd call, you know, like those those kids who have become uh, child stars. <laughs> these are right. cat stars, kitten stars. <laughs> and that shows how when you have money, how easy it is to make <laughs> your family is successful. <laughs> if Taylor Swift can make her cats worth a hundred million dollars, imagine if she had a son and daughter. What she could do with them? I've heard people call their pets fur babies. The idea that you would you would make a child star out of a fur baby is weird, but I guess that makes sense. And, like, and so and and that's successful. You know, not right. just a novelty. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I follow her cat on Instagram. But no, they're buying stuff. They're buying stuff. That this cat says to buy. That's also a measure of how successful, like imagine being so wealthy and successful that by proximity, your pets are then also more wealthy and successful than most Americans. <laughs> Let's talk about whether it's worth it. I, the thing that I keep asking myself, like especially with the Gunther story is if Gunther was real, the, the real version of Gunther is Oprah, Taylor Swift, Betty White and, and Pontiac, but do we get our money's worth? Like if if you, Todd, you're spending over $900 at least on your cats, do you think that you get that back from your cats? Like like is it is it just because it's, do they deserve that worship or, or are they actually providing you something in return? Um, the affection and, and uh, the love that they give me is worth it. It's worth every penny. Zero regret. I, I never think about, I think about, when I think about my spending, and I am a spender, you know how I spend money, Joe, and it's not, it's just irresponsibly, it's just foolishly. I definitely think about cutting back on what I get, but not on my cats. That's that's off the table. Yeah. <laughs> I would defend that to the, <laughs> I would get a second job before I cut them off. If you fully run out of money, why. you'll skip meds, but you won't, you won't let your cat go hungry. Exactly. Exactly. I had um, I had a cat once named Brock that was extraordinarily friendly, and he was a rescue, and he, he went through a lot. And he was so friendly and so likable, he got stolen in my neighborhood. And I went temporarily insane for like a couple of you know weeks or possibly months. I just went for my evening walks, and my plan was if I see him in somebody's front window, I'm grabbing a brick. And that's complete insanity. Like, now that I'm... <laughs> Uh, I would say that's that was you know I was young and dumb a couple of years ago, but like I, I I blame a couple of these studies actually kind of pointed out to me that this isn't so insane. Um, 
So let's let's first talk well, about. Yeah, go ahead. I've got a similar. I've got a similar story to that. My my mother. Um, there's a there's two young kids. One one ten one eight across the street, and my mom caught wind that they were being. They they have some behavioral problems, and they're you know they homeschooled because they got kicked out of school. Both of these children and that they had injured a dog to the point that it lost one of its eyes. And this was a small old pug, you know, a 10-year-old, 12-year-old pug. And my mom just couldn't stand it. She just couldn't stand it. Now, my mom is a 65-year-old, been teaching Sunday school. And and Sunday school and school, sixth grade for 40 years. So, you know, so she's an older little woman. So what she did was she had her even older neighbor who's pushing 100 as a lookout and when the woman went out to the store, she broke the window and stole the dog out of the house. <laughs> Full on burglary. <laughs> See, that so was, that was my plan, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't have the hundred year old lookout who can't yeah. see or hear. That's what my mom's lookout. <laughs> this is a true story. So we can we can wrap up the podcast now because that is a better story than anything we're gonna deliver on. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, so the, I, I know why the lookout lived to be a hundred, your mom's friend. It's because it dogs and dog ownership and cat ownership is hugely beneficial, especially as we get older. Um, so really like health benefits, like mental health. Oh, it, it, it gets into a lot of physical health. So let's, let's talk first about the mental part. You said that it's, you have no regrets. Absolutely. You, you didn't even hesitate answering for your cats and how much you get out of that. Um, when pets and humans interact with each other, this is kind of a no duh. We'll start with that. You get a jolt of oxytocin, which is the love hormone. So like we, we do in fact feel love for our animals. They feel it back. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of question on whether or not cats actually loved humans back up until like a decade ago when they stuck cats in a functional MRI and check their brains while their humans were calling their name. Turns out they love their humans and they actually recognize their own names. Sometimes they just don't respond and don't care. <laughs> so, but but they love us. <laughs> but um, isn't that funny? Yeah, they, they play aloof. <laughs> they're not like they're not like easy like dogs. It's not obvious. <laughs> yeah. When your when your cat is ignoring you and their ears twitching because you keep shouting their name, what they're thinking is they're like, I love that dopey human who won't shut up and quit calling me. <laughs> So they, they feel love. Um, but this this is the surprising one, how much it reduces uh, mortality and death in humans. So from the um, Journal of Circulation, Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes, they talked about how dog ownership is linked to a 21% reduction in the risk of death over a 12-year study. Uh, and that's mostly for people with heart disease. Um now, that's something we've kind of already known-ish. Like, it took a study to sort of nail that down, but the idea is if you get older and you don't have anyone who is, like, you know, looking at you every day with love, telling you, I hope you live a long time, you don't take as good care of yourself. Like, that's, that's again, it's kind of no duh, but that's why married people live longer, and that's why if you don't have somebody who is, you know, looking out for you, get a dog like they, they really do um they, you have to take care of yourself if somebody is you know if somebody vulnerable is needing you to pull through every day um go ahead that's interesting that's interesting it just gives you more time it just gives you some accountability right right even even an animal even an animal's you know, <laughs> it's, I'm going to say it's better than nothing, but I think it's better than a human, too, you know, because human human love costs a lot more than that, Joe. <laughs> yes. Depending on the quality of right? human relationships. Yeah. It, it, a dog might be a better choice. But but what I was uh, reading mostly from these studies is a, a dog or cat, like a good, reliable pet, fully replaces like if if you have that gap in your life where you don't have somebody looking after you and and you are worried that you may not get to a riper old age, a pet can completely fill that void, which is very surprising to me. I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's it's a stopgap measure. Oh, it releases some oxytocin. You feel some love, or oh, you know, walking with them improves your cardiovascular risk. It's like no, no, it, it's just having another creature in your vicinity 
who wants to be your friend is enough and and a pet can do that <laughs> that's kind of sweet isn't it it's kind of sweet yeah i don't know if it's worth 500 million dollars but it, i i love it like it's, it's something i very <laughs> much enjoy so i also want to talk about um how much we love dogs more than people as We'll 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 do uh, in the second half of our science. We'll cover the exact science of how many people prefer dogs over humans. But this is a um, an article I found in the Guardian, and I wanted to share it because I thought it was so insane. So there were two deaths on the same day in 2014. On July 8th, um, Jeanette Riley, who is a pregnant mother of two was killed by police officers outside of a hospital in Sandpoint, Idaho. Now, she had a history of drug addiction and alcoholism and was drunk at the time and apparently incoherent. She made this mistake of waving a fillet knife at three police officers who showed up at the hospital. Now, they were more than 10 feet away, and they shot her instead of tasing her. Um, The police officers were exonerated. Which is common... Which is common police practice nowadays in the United States, sadly. More often than you would think. And you know, it, it it would have been nice if they had tased her. Like, like, but, but here's, finally, here's, yeah. Finally, we agree on something after two years, Joe. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the important part of this news story, because it happens in the same day, is um, no apology was given to her family. And the story never even made national news until The Guardian covered it. Um, now here's the, the kicker that same day, a guy named Craig Jones was eating lunch and he locked his dog in his van, Arfie, and the windows were rolled down. So Arfie could like, you know, breathe and get air and stay cool. Um, but it started barking and somebody called the cops because they were like, oh no, this dog is in danger and also violent is the way they reported it. The police showed up and when Arfie lunged at them through the window opening, he was not outside he was in the car. The cops shot through the window and killed him. Um, now that is also horrifying. Can you tase a dog? Does that would that kill a dog? I've. I think it. W- I think it would because it's you know. I, I didn't see what it does to grown men who are three hundred pounds. I can't imagine a fifty, sixty, whatever. Right. Like that guy. I don't know. But it it made immediate headlines. The New York Daily News put a headline up saying Idaho cop shoots kills adorable black lab. Um, You know, they say that he was mistaken for a pit bull. There was a justice for Arfie Facebook page. Uh, People threatened the police uh, through YouTube. They they put up YouTube videos with threats. Uh, A police review board was formed and ruled the shooting was unjustified. There was a justice for Arfie rally. And then the police issued an apology and $80,000 in damages were awarded to the owner. So like, that shit's crazy. But we're we're literally wired to side with vulnerable creatures. Like it it gets so deep into our psychology that we're willing to form a rally around Arfie the dog, but not for a pregnant woman of two who was shot. Like it, it's it's yeah. I <laughs> I just want to read that out because if anyone's like we actually don't yeah we don't we don't favor animals that much. It's like no no no. As a society, we really really do. I remember when September 11th, I knew a few New Yorkers, um, downtown New Yorkers, and, and they said that was one of the big things that um, the whole city turned to help. And one of the ways they helped each other was there was a lot of abandoned pets because for obvious reasons, the chaos and the, you know, the, you know, just all these deaths so these buildings coming down. And, and so people were just rescuing animals left and right. And that was their way of helping, you know, and I just thought that was a real beautiful thing. Oh, Absolutely. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. I, I will. I will never be mad at somebody who rescues a koala out of an Australian wildfire, or pictures of people who have like, you know, pulling pets out of um, blazes and like, you know, giving them water bottles. Like it's, yeah. I I know the neuroscience behind this, or at least I've read the articles for it, and I I still appreciate it. Like I still you know click on the videos and and the TikToks and things like that. This is the first time in our career where it came down to our boss 
the wealthiest animal in the world, a German Shepherd named Gunther, had to sign off with his approval on us listing this property. You've heard about the uh, the whole thing about Egyptians worshiping cats. I have. It's. I remember watching a documentary where it was like, yes, cats were worshipped. Yes, they were basically treated like royalty, but they started out by eating human trash. Like they found <laughs> evidence that like they weren't mousers. Like they, it wasn't that they were doing us a service like we used to think. Obviously, putting a cat in a granary full of rats, you'll get some dead rats. Like they'll they'll do some of their job, but turns out. You know, they went to ancient Egyptian streets and found out they were more just into eating whatever we threw out into the rubbish piles, and <laughs> we we should we worshipped before that. Well, that ma- that makes when I was a ki- well, yeah, when I, when I was a kid though, if you couldn't imagine, you know, I'm a lot older than Joe, but there was not pet food stores. That's re- that would have been ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been like <laughs> as as common as that is now. It used to just be generic cat food, okay, or dog food, and it didn't. There was no brand. It would just be, you know, it would just say that dog food right. and cat food on it. <laughs> well, we we do know of people that in history that probably gave their pets more money than Gunther. Like, like Gunther may be fictitious, but there were real versions of it. Um, so do you want to talk about uh, some of the historic versions of of Gunther? This is just so silly. <laughs> Okay, so Joe, these are these are ridiculous, and this just has gone too far in history. So people have always been weirdos. Okay, it's not a new thing. Empress Josephine had a pet orangutan. Okay, and she dressed this orange child in dresses and was taught to uh, eat with a fork <laughs> and knife, and it slept in a, a marital bed. <laughs> Good lord. Um, Pope, the Pope, this one really kind of shocked me. Pope Leo, okay, Pope Leo, um, he had a pet elephant that he rode around like a real jack, real jerk off around town in, and when it died, he buried it under the Vatican. Now, I guess that shouldn't, shouldn't surprise me since Catholics are a lot into idols and stuff, right? (laughs) But... I'll bury your elephant. It's like a sainted elephant. Yeah, but you buried the thing under the Vatican. So under the Vatican means you had to like excavate it in in there like you did King Tut's tomb, okay? <laughs> and uh, Joe, an elephant. We're not talking about a small animal here, okay? We're not talking about a dog or cat. Isn't that fucking... Why do I not know about a pope that rode around on an elephant? That sounds insane just on its own. That just seems so dangerous, right? <laughs> and uh, by the way when when aliens finally excavate like all of our relics like the, when the human race is long gone and aliens are looking at our bones i want them to think that elephant was part of the clergy like i want them to be like oh here's all the popes and the elephant and they all must have just like been in the same group <laughs> and the, that elephant was a leader <laughs> you have to help me pronounce this name maharaja of the maharaja yeah. His dog had a lavish, lavish lifestyle. Um, he owned over 800 dogs. If, if that isn't hoarding, I don't care how rich you are. 800. Now, all of them had their own private rooms with their own phone. Okay? They had their own <laughs> hospital that was just to take care of any kind of, you know, if they had a little cut on their muzzle or they weren't feeling good. They had their own hospital, Joe. How often can your pets get sick that you need a hospital for just your pets? Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't uncommon for him to have lavish weddings for his dog. So if the dog fell in love with another dog, you know, they were a couple, then they would get married, and it would be a lavish royal like wedding. <laughs> well, okay, I've seen the penguin weddings at the zoo, and I know that at least that part of it is justifiable because it's it's adorable. Uh, I thought you were too cool to go to penguin weddings. I on my tombstone it will actually say never too cool to go to penguin weddings. <laughs> um I I okay, so let's get to the root of this. Why, why did Josephine put her 
orangutan in children's clothes like why why are we so incredibly wired to to want to protect vulnerable things to to want to lavish them really just not just protect but like why do we treat them as well as we do um and also actually the bigger question is probably are we all wired for this is this just a rich people thing is it just a todd and joe thing like we're where we are willing to break a window to rescue a, a helpless animal um how many humans you know raise your hand if you love your dog more than your neighbors um was well, it hard to hard, hard to identify it and i never understand that where some people like some people do like pets and some don't like i think everyone should but some people don't and i always hate when if, if i say that i love you know that i have cats people will, who are huge dog lovers will say oh i hate cats and i always think well what, how would they feel if i said that about their dog it just seems to me to be a bad social you know what I mean? Even if you think that, you keep it to yourself. But I'm surprised how many people who I consider have great social skills think it's okay to say, oh, I hate cats. Right. They don't, they don't do nothing. They're lazy. And I'm thinking, what the fuck does a dog do? You tell me a dog has a full-time job and <laughs> he goes to work every day and clocks in and out. Between chasing out, you know what I mean? Like kill something once in a while or I don't know, you know? Right. <laughs> like, like your thing with the cats, eating garbage, you know? <laughs> you worship for that. <laughs> How busy is your dog? Did you get? Are you on their calendar for uh, a podcast today? <laughs> You're yeah. People who who don't like cats will speak of dogs as if they are working animals, as if they are like pulling a plow every day. It's like no, no, they're treated the same way. Like they don't sleep a lot. All cats do is sleep. Yeah, dogs don't sleep. <laughs> That's all dogs do too. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not know that this was every animal on earth falls into this category until I saw the neighbor's uh, donkey uh, give birth. There is a small donkey next door that I have to stop and feed carrots anytime I go by. Um, and it's, it's, it's cool. the big eyes. Yeah, it's it's I, OK. I, after reading about this, I know why. Like, I, I know that it is all a neurological trick and that we're wired to sort of um, like things that are vulnerable and have big eyes. And. I absolutely believe your friends that say I don't like cats or people that don't like dogs. I think they are wired the same as everybody else. There's nothing different from them. It's just that they have not imprinted on that big eyed furry creature yet. Like, like it's, (laughs) they, they didn't have a dog in the house or a cat in the house, or if they did, they didn't get along with it. It, the, the animal did not like them. But it's funny you say that because I think that cures a lot of things. I think people will say, yeah, or they'll say, but this cat was really smart. And like the, they're kind of justifying why they like it. There's an it. exception, yeah. You know? Yeah, and then, and then they, they kind of, like you said, they met their one. And it's kind of like falling in love. It happens, it happens to all of us, right? It happens to all of us eventually. I, I want to go to, um, there's a, a Wired article that really kind of put into sharp contrast for me how much we are wired to like vulnerable things. Like it, it, it almost like an itemized list of here are the things that are vulnerable that we would, you know, uh, that we would protect. Um, so uh, Northeastern University, two sociologists basically pioneered a study. They put out um, fake articles. Um, the idea was that they would, like, try to figure out, um, you know, if, if people would react as badly to, say, a human being injured to a dog or a baby or like, you know, a, a mother. Like they, they, they really want to like actually have a hierarchy list of what we care about and what we would protect and, and what, you know, hurts us emotionally. Um, so this is totally made up. I, I just want to say I'm going to describe a horrifying scenario. It is entirely invented by these researchers who just wanted to find out, you know, what what their research subjects would, you know, be be offended by. Um, so they, they put out a fake article saying, according to witnesses, um, a particularly violent assault occurred involving a one-year-old puppy that was beaten with a baseball bat by an unknown assailant and arriving on scene a few minutes after the attack, police officers found the victim with one broken leg, multiple lacerations and unconscious. No arrests have been made in the case. That was the fake article they put out. They basically put out the plot to John Wick. To find out if people would would respond to it, um, I never even thought of that. I never even thought of that movie. The guy who kills eighty <laughs> people to avenge his not his brothers, not his childrens, but his, his puppy dog's death. Yeah. <laughs> now in this in this a really fake good story, dog. 
yeah, in this fake story, <laughs> it didn't die. Like, they just said it was injured and had a broken leg. And then they changed it from a puppy to an adult dog. And then they changed the story from there to a human infant. And then from there to a human adult. And, and the idea was that, you know, somebody got attacked with a baseball bat. Its arm was broken. You know, how do you feel? Um, so we're going to do this because I love to torture you. Um, what do you think came in first as far as, like people were most concerned like what what got the most the, the baby. okay the, ba- the the baby yeah perfect the, the, you're 100 percent on that the human infant got the most sympathy and then after that what do you think it was it has to have been the dog had to be the dog <laughs> it was yeah it was the puppy next and then the the full adult dog and then by far like like first and second were neck and neck the puppy and the human infant were very close the adult dog came in third, but it was actually really close to number two as well. So, like, the cluster of three that people were really concerned about was the human infant, the puppy, and the adult dog. And then the last one by far, just trailing, just way, way, way in last, was the human adult. Nobody gave a damn about <laughs> a human getting their arm broken by a gang with a bat. Like, they're just like, yeah, whatever. What are they doing in Boston? <laughs> That's so funny. We didn't we didn't touch on two others two other dog loving things the big one is you you take your dog to work with you and now companies who before would wouldn't even let you you know have a picture of your dog at work will set up you know what i mean yeah the the dog's like a welcome uh you know is on staff and then what about the you know i love this i love this we did a podcast about a, a child that was left in a hot car but if you leave if you leave a dog in a hot car in portland oregon i guarantee there's going to be an angry mob smashing your car windows and people cheering <laughs> right <laughs> you know so i i love that about people too that 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 is so like like i love knowing that that it is so ingrained in us to defend vulnerable things that it it like we we lump puppies humans and dogs all together like we we love anything that is you know that will love us back and has vulnerability like that's that is a universally human trait. I'm glad I learned it. That's my my big takeaway from this podcast today is we're built for that, and that is a beautiful human thing. Um, someday we're going to have an episode about cues we get from crying babies. Uh, cats in nature do not meow like they do with us. They they make sort of chattering sounds, and they, they make interesting noises. But, like, researchers have found out that cats just do the high-pitched baby-like whine or cry for us just us just humans because it's so similar to what we're used to defending and you know we love creatures that are have big eyes and and we love you know i mean disney characters have big eyes for the same reason so yeah we're wired for it funny so they know how to whine just like a human baby they wouldn't do that in the wild they don't need there's no place for it (laughs) with us they know it works Right. You listen to two cats talk to each other. They growl. They they hiss. They even if they like each other, they'll make weird noises. But they're not meowing. But um, it's funny. I I happen to run into like when Obama's dog died. You mentioned the you know if your dog dies, people in the office will present you with a sheet cake and some cards. Obama's dog died, and even he was surprised with how much bipartisan support there was. Like. Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked with a hammer and like nobody gave a damn but like Obama's dog dies and like people are sending him cards from across the aisle. Hardcore red Republicans are crying, yeah. weeping. Right, cuz they've all had dogs on their farms or yeah, like every, everybody has had that experience. Well, I do though if there's a Facebook post of someone saying, you know, after 15 years I had to put down our lovely Bella, uh, you know, I do do. I'll write a little better than our blog post about how I feel for them and I'm sorry for their loss. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I I don't think I do the same for a family member. I don't know. I don't know. Now, if if somebody's family member dies, I leave a sad emoji. If their dog dies, I give them, you know, full condolences and a couple paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need me to fly out there and see you? you Yeah. (laughs) I'm on my way. Um, so that was a lot of setup to sort of explain this weird brain hack that uh, we all kind of fell for. The the idea that, like, we are all so willing to accept a story of a $500 million dog. A dog, you know, inheriting $500 million from a German 
countess. Like, like on the surface, that sounds so insane, but like there are at least 10 different new news organizations who are in primetime TV who believed it and reported on it as if it's true. And we all fell for it. So like, I really want to get to the meat of this now, which is we have this trick in our brain. Somebody pulled that lever. Like they, they knew that they could fool us. Who was this madman who did this to us? Well, Mr. Milan is, he, he's just a very, very interesting dude. Um, Mariazzo Mian, and there's not a lot of stuff known about him. Um, <laughs> he looks like Joe, Joe jokes. He looks like he's in the witness protection program from the Gambino crime family. <laughs> you know, he's he's got that he's got that very mysterious look. Um, all the pictures he's in are very, uh, very blurry. Um, he's an Italian entrepreneur, and an entrepreneur is uh, a, a term that can be kind of thrown thrown around. Um, but he's a pharmaceutical he was an heir to a pharmaceutical fortune from a ceo so he is a a rich rich kid generational rich um and he just spent a lot so it's like arrested development yeah and he's he's been he's had this he's to keep this thing going for so many years and not lose interesting interest in it is very very uh, amazing to me don't you think joe he's done this for 30 years that's three dogs lives pretty much I get bored of a prank within like the first couple of weeks and then I'd spoil it. So I don't know how this guy's kept it up. Well, he's able to fuel it with money and with publicity. Um, he purchased a volleyball league in his dog's name. <laughs> and then after the, and then it immediately went out of bank, it went, went to bankruptcy right away because the team finished in dead last place. Well, it's owned by a dog, right? So it's pretty tough, right? <laughs> owned Italian by a, weirdo in this stuff. <laughs> yeah, owned by a dog and possibly run by a pharmaceutical heir who may not know what he's doing. <laughs> but this is very similar to Taylor Swift and Oprah's promotion of their dogs. Yeah. You know, so for, for publicity purposes, he kept putting Gunther out front. So... We just like in America, we just haven't heard of this. Like, like we don't know of Gunther because we're not Italian, and Gunther is owned champ like championship volleyball teams and and properties and things like that. All kinds of properties. His biggest one was when um, they bought a soccer team, and this was in two thousand and six. And but the, this guy was real weird. He went out and he hired multiple um, pornographic actresses to be the up the government of so the dog owned the company and then there was a, a two adult film stars and then a, a stripper <laughs> who <were> all, <laughs> and a rapper so this guy has got a great sense of humor i mean he's just a weird dude he's a weird rich dude <laughs> i i so very much like that was in 2006 i want to be in that boardroom when that announcement is made i want to be sitting there at the table and look around and be like, okay, who's running our soccer team right now, or football team, and look around the table, and there's two adult film stars, a stripper, a rapper, and a German shepherd. Like, that sounds like the start <laughs> of a bar joke. <laughs> and they're all sitting there running a team. Unbelievable. It, you know, Entertainment Tonight may report on this dog as if it is real, um, but the Italian women's football organization has known for a very long time that it is a running joke. Um, I want to actually, I want to bring up a couple of media outlets that have caught on because not everybody has been a dupe. Like, I, I don't want to report on this as if we are the first breaking news for this. There are two really good sources for this that I found. And if you want to read our show notes and read how weird and deep the story goes, like, like we're giving you the key highlights, but if you want to read sort of the, the trail of rumors that we followed to find, you know, these, these big hitters, um, AP news, uh, did an editorial November 21, uh, 2021, and they described it as a long-running tale as a publicity stunt to dupe reporters. And it it has worked. Like like I said, I first heard about this being reported completely in earnest on evening TV. Um, but probably the best uh, place I've read for this is um, in 1999, Tampa Bay Times exposed the hoax. And they did it because he was buying American properties, and it was around Tampa Bay, so like they knew right away something was weird. Um, they even got that me on. They even got me on on record saying, "If you are on, if you want to write that it's a joke, you can write that." Um, so this story is not 
a complete outright hoax. The the dogs, plural, because there's been more than one Gunther. It's been 30 years. It can't possibly be one dog. Um, they exist as but basically a It is rich, though. Yeah. It is a rich dog, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, it is well tra- and it is well-traveled, and it does eat at nice restaurants. <laughs> Just doing its work. Yeah. These are, these are basically well-trained German shepherds that, um, you know, come from a pharmaceutical business and... You know, they, they come from, uh, they call they call it the Gunther organization. So, like, you know, part of Mion's, you know, shell company and organization is just using the dog as a figurehead. And even his LinkedIn, by the way, if you go find Mion's LinkedIn, it's the picture of a German shepherd. And he only has 20 followers. So this guy is not just eccentric. Like, he has a profile on healthmanagement.org, which just shows his profile picture as the chairman and his Facebook is just a picture of him boating shirtless with a YouTube song from an obscure Italian singer, uh, Gatto Penseri. So, like, <laughs> every bit of this guy screams eccentric millionaire who does not want to have a lot of publicity except, you know, from this dog and the mysterious countess that left it the money. Oh, by the way, the mysterious countess who died and left $500 million to Gunther... No such countess appears in search engines. Like, I found foundation websites. I checked grave listings. I looked at royalty registries. Um, I asked ChatGTP to help me, the, the AI, and it said that the real countess died in the 30s, but GPT's version seems totally fictional, which that kind of follows suit with everything else being totally fictional, too. You've been listening to The Reengineered You. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You mean the world to us. We have a new episode every week. You can connect with us at www.re-engineeredyou.com. That's where we have research links, show notes, feedback, and blog articles for each of our episodes. We're not experts in anything, but we've got an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm.